There's a lot of places to live. Or maybe even Lubbock, and there's nothing out in Lubbock, Texas. Um, out in West Texas, it's flat for miles and miles and miles. But what if I were to move back to one of those places and make my home there or spend some time there? Well, I would essentially be a stranger. I could show up and say, oh yeah, my, my grandmother was born here. And this is where she grew up. And my family's from Texas. But I could look around at all the folks who, who live there now and they would say, okay, who are you? You're a stranger. You're, you're not one of us. I'd essentially be, if the circumstances were right, I would be an outcast in that culture, in that city. I would, I would maybe even be something like a refugee. Think about that. What it would be like? What would it be like to go back to a place that your ancestors ancestors came from? Maybe another state, maybe another country. Would there be a place for you, or would you be an outcast as well, or would you be like a homeless refugee? They're all over this world. The story of Christmas is just that kind of story. We heard a little bit of it in the song that we just sang. And we're going to look at a passage of Scripture together in more detail in just a moment. But the story of Christmas is like that. It's a story of refugees. A a story of homeless outcasts going into a place they felt like they didn't really belong. Look with me at Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read Luke chapter 2 with you. It's a very familiar passage for, for many of us. And I want us not to get caught up on that. I don't want us to get caught up on how, on how familiar it is, but to see how, how totally strange and unusual this particular story is. So follow along with me as I read aloud from Luke chapter 2. Verses 1 to 7. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Sound familiar? Many of you have heard this story before, probably multiple times, right? But look at how, with me, at how unusual this situation was. It says, it starts out that there was a decree issued by Caesar Augustus. He was the king, the emperor. He ruled all over the known world. He was the supreme authority. And he told everybody they needed to be registered. It was a census. He wanted to find out where, how many people were out there. How many people were there to pay taxes? How many people were there in order to find out how we can get control over the people all throughout the kingdom? And it was causing people to leave their homes. 
This was, a, it was an unusual event for, the, for folks who lived in this area of the world. They enjoyed living their lives, being born, living, working, having families, and dying in the same home, in the same town for generations and generations. But something happened that upset it all. And they all had to move. They were leaving their hometowns. They were going to different places. And that's exactly what happened to this particular family. We, we see that in verse 4, Joseph went up from Galilee. He lived in this town. It was kind of like, it's kind of like, oh, I, I, I don't know, Okanagan or so, somewhere like that. It was up north, okay? It was up north. And he was told, you need to go or you need to leave that town and where you live, and you need to move down south to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. I guess that would be like maybe making the journey down to Tri-Cities or something like that. Because his family was there. His ancestors lived there. So here's a family moving away from their home. Again, it's just not a usual thing to have happen at a time like that. Joseph didn't want to move. Mary didn't want to move, but notice something else about this, this unusual story. Joseph moved to, or moved from Nazareth in Galilee to Bethlehem, the city of David, which was in Judea. He was of the lineage of David, and it says he went there to be registered with Mary. His betrothed, what does that mean? His, basically, those, they, the two of them were engaged. The two of them were engaged. They were engaged to be married, and it says she was with child. She was pregnant. They weren't married. They were unmarried, and they were pregnant. Now, they, had, they were intending to get married, but this just didn't happen at this time. When something like that happened, you were automatically treated like an outcast. You were automatically treated like, oh no, there's something wrong with that couple. There's something wrong with those individuals. And here they are, an unmarried pregnant couple, moving away from what was some kind of stability in their life to going to a completely new town, a new place, where they didn't know anybody. They moved to this, this place, and, it, and the story goes that they, they went there, and while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger. Let me stop right there. If you had read the story up to this point in Luke chapter 1, you would have seen the story of, a, of an older woman who had a baby in her old age named Elizabeth. And the story goes that Mary went to visit Elizabeth when she found out Elizabeth was going to have a baby. And Mary was there. And the time came for Elizabeth to give birth. She bore a son. And her neighbors and her relatives heard about it. And they, had, and they rejoiced with her. And they gathered around her. And they celebrated the baby. And they found out what they were going to call the baby. You see, there's a big difference. Elizabeth had her family. They were surrounded by loved ones, relatives, neighbors, rejoicing, celebrating. Where is the family? Where are the neighbors? Where are the loved ones for Joseph and Mary and this new, new firstborn son? They're not there. This is a very unusual story of, of a woman who's unmarried and, a, and, a, and her fiancé who are 
give, who are having a child with no help. There's no midwife. There's no mothers or grandmothers. There's no, there, there are no friends and neighbors rallying around them. In fact, it says that the reason why she had to put him in a manger, which was a feeding trough for the animals, was because there was no place for them. No place for them, and in, in our Bible say in the inn, which was actually probably the, like a, a guest room in a home that they were staying in. This is an unusual story, isn't it? A story of outcasts, a story of homeless refugees. That's the story of Christmas. It's an amazing, beautiful story, but if we look more closely at it, we see Joseph and Mary leaving family, leaving home, leaving where the, uh, going to the place where the king had told them to go. They left their comfort, they left their relative security. They uh, assume there was some measure of certainty in their lives in that place, and they went to the unknown. I don't know how many of you feel like that. We all have gone through experiences like that at times where we're thrust into the unknown, the uncertain. Just like Joseph and Mary. But they had a child. They had a firstborn son. They had this child, and this was no ordinary child because we find out in the story that, that the angel came to Mary and said, you're going to have a baby, but you're not going to have a baby with a man. The Holy Spirit is going to do this. What? This is no ordinary child. This is a child that didn't come in the ordinary way. This is an unusual story. Mary having a child through the Holy Spirit, and they were, they, he, he, she was told what this child would be. He will be called Holy, the Son of God. That's who was born, who was wrapped in swaddling cloths in the most humble, humiliating circumstances. The Son of God Himself. Now that's just shorthand. That's just shorthand because we know from what the Bible reveals us that Jesus was not just a Son, but He was God Himself. When John says the Word was with God, the Word was God, and God made His dwelling place with us. Jesus did something of what Joseph and Mary had to do on their journey. They left, Jesus left his home. Jesus left heaven itself, perfection and glory. Jesus came to earth. He went to a place where he was an outcast. He started out as an outcast. He was penniless. He came not to palaces or mansions, not to wealth or success. Humility, an unwed mother, a homeless couple, refugee family. He came to do what he had to do. And that was to be like us. He came to be like us. To identify with us. And then to live a, pers uh, a perfect, sinless life. 
And if you think that he only started out in humble circumstances and he worked his way up and eventually made something of himself and eventually was a successful adult and died at a ripe old age, we're, we're sorely mistaken. Because he died just as he was born. In humble circumstances. In fact, at the time of his death, he had nothing. Nothing. Not even the clothes on his back. Why? Why did he do that? So that we, we who are here, could put our faith and trust in him. So that we could believe Him and know that the God who created us, loved us, offers us forgiveness, offers us grace. Grace that overcomes anything we've ever done, any guilt, any shame, or anything that's been done against us. He is calling to each and every one of us. The message, the good news, the gospel of Christmas is that God became an outcast, that God became a homeless refugee so that we could become His children, loved and accepted and in His home forever. Not all received Him. Not His people. It's, the Bible says in John chapter 1 that He came to His own But his own did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That is worth celebrating at Christmas time. That is worth getting excited about. That is worth making merry over. That is why Jesus came. That is why he was born more than 2,000 years ago. So what about us? How will we respond to this message? It's not just a message of of happiness and, and, and joy for all people. Because there's no joy outside of God. There's no joy outside of faith in Jesus. The message of Christmas, the way we ought to respond, put our faith in Jesus. Let Him do what only He can do. Trust Him for our salvation. Let Him be Lord of our life. And may I put it like this? Make a place for Him. Make a place for Him. He is calling to each and every one of us. If He hasn't already, He is continuing to call. Make room in your life for me. Make room in your heart for me. Let's pray. And then we'll sing a couple of songs in closing. Lord God, thank You. Thank You for the Word that You've given us. Thank You for the message of Christmas. Lord, I thank You that it's not just about singing songs, and not just about giving presents, not just about having good food, not just about being together with family. The message of Christmas that's so beautiful for us is that you yourself left perfection, left your, your glory, left, uh, left riches to become an outcast. To identify with us in our sin and to offer a way for us to be saved.
thank you, Lord God. And we love you. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen.